Hello and welcome to the CEO Blind Spots Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Genevieve Boss, co-founder of Poplar, a company that provides businesses a way to turn their idle cash from a cost center to a profit center. Welcome to the show, Genevieve. Thank you, Birgit. It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, I can't wait to hear a little bit more about your company, but I'm just curious. You've had so many successes. You have started built and sold three companies already. Now you're building this one. Is one of your leadership tips that to be this successful, you have to start at 11 years old? Because I understand that that's where <laughs> you started your journey. Actually, it was 10. So tell us, first of all, how did that happen? And then second of all, what, what do you think is one of the reasons why you have succeeded in so many different businesses? Oh, I think it's just endless, deep curiosity about everything. Uh, loving being around people who are passionate about whatever they're doing, whether it be butterfly collecting, technology, loving wine. It's always a pleasure to feel people's energy when they're talking about something they're passionate about. And I just love surrounding myself with those kinds of people, because if you're someone who likes to learn, you're never going to be bored with a conversation. You're always going to have something interesting to think about. That's, I guess, a big one, my most favorite one. And then why 10? I'll be frank. My parents got divorced at nine and my mother was an artist and my dad was an aerospace engineer and they had a, not a great divorce, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. And I decided I needed to work if I wanted anything extra. So I started babysitting in the neighborhood. Said I was 13 instead of 10 and started babysitting and then realized I got so much business in the neighborhood. I got other kids to babysit for me and I was able to take a spread. And so, you know, I, I just, didn't end from there. Wow. Well, and then the person who connected us, Jeff Chateau, told me that you really are always looking to add value to other people. And he said, there's a statement that, that he told me about you, which is Genevieve helps tech startup companies achieve escape velocities. And all your successes have come fairly fast. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, for whatever reason, I've been very attracted to businesses where I didn't have to raise capital right away or at all. And as a woman, I was keenly aware that especially in my early career, that it might be more difficult. And so I looked for opportunities where I could sell my way into growth versus raise capital to then grow. And also, you know, less pressure on, on yourself, right? When you're just taking the bet on yourself. So I love sharing things I'm passionate about back to that passion theme yes. and put myself in a position where I could help teams who already had a product that were ready to go or create things that I knew I could probably sell. So for instance, I started a national magazine with almost a million readers with sold out events across the country, primarily for women. And think of it as fortune meets Oprah as the position. I sold almost half a million dollars worth of advertising before we printed anything. So, you know, we were able to essentially fund the company that way. Yes. So that's another opportunity. And when I've helped startups, very often I'm helping them with their first sale and there was another company I helped them drive their first million in revenue and they were able to sell 18 months later. Obviously, it's nice when you can do that. You're not always in the position to do that, but if you can, you should try. Well, you know, sometimes we have blind spots that are positive blind spots. And I'm hearing that, you know, you must be good at leading people. Back Jeff also said that you had this way of interacting with people that regardless of their personality or their background, you really know how to have people come together. Would you say that is part of your success as well? 
Yes, I'll refine it even more. I really do believe that every single person has a gift. You just, it's your job to figure it out. You can feel their intention. You can feel their energy if they really do care and they're they're curious. I'm also a very on-purpose curator of interesting people. Mm. And I've been like that since I was young because I always also know there's something to learn. And I have this crazy memory. You know, I can remember people that I met when I was a teenager and their parents, even people I babysit for who owned multiple companies ended up investing in one of my deals because I remembered what they did and I thought that they would be interested and it was great. So if you can remember or figure out a way to remember people's special interests, what's where they're passionate, that becomes an incredible database of support for you because most people really do want to help you. I don't care if you're the person around the corner and your neighbor or you're a multi-time business owner or a billionaire. Yeah. Most people want to help and make, make things better, especially if you ask properly. Wow. I also know you're a board member, an investor of transformative deep tech companies like Optios, if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, Optios. Yeah. It's applied applied neuroscience. Yeah. They can tell in advance whether or not a financial trader is about to make a mistake. And then the master book or the center book can actually trade with that information. And that is explosive. It's going to grow like crazy. They're they're now raising 10 million for their A round. They're going to do very well. Also another company called Software Automation, Sewing Machine Robots. Mm -hmm. And it's a spin out out of DARPA, the defense industry. Very exciting, transformative tech, especially if you look at the global situation today, America is going to be in a position to have have to bring back manufacturing and their manufacturing t-shirts to start for the military, but of course also for mass retail. So they're also raising capital right now. And so your current company, what inspired you to want to take this on? Sure. My business partner, Lior Weinstein, who is one of the most brilliant people I know, former Israeli intelligence. He's been in fintech most of his career. He was a, a wrote high-speed trading algorithms. We've done a number of projects together very successfully. He's also been a phenomenal conversion expert and for online marketing. And we decided to start an incubator with a number of high cash flow businesses. And very quickly in your fashion, we ended up with over a million in revenue in literally months. And we were sitting there with that money in the account thinking, what are we going to do with it? And the reality was there was very little place to put our money and have it also liquid and available to us. And we realized, wow, this is happening to most small to mid-sized businesses today. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've got money in their checking and savings account yielding close to zero with inflation going through the roof where we know we're locking in losses by not doing anything. And so we figured out a way to activate our own idle cash and working capital so that when we weren't using it, we could literally make 10 times or more the returns than we get in any savings account and keep our cash fully liquid. We even tried to teach friends. It was too complicated and time consuming. So we thought, wow, we could envision a future where all cash automatically grows and is always invested when it's not being used. So if that manual system that we put together could be automated, what's the power of that. You should be making money on your money. Mm. So literally there's billions of dollars of free money just sitting there because it hasn't been automated, but we've automated it and we're launching in October. I am sure lots of entrepreneurs will be interested. Yes. Now, what about the risk factor? Sure. Well, you can put it in traditional finance vehicles like ETFs and treasury bonds, muni bonds, corporate bonds. Or you can also leverage a handful of the very blue chip DeFi platforms, the smart contracts that have had no issues even during this explosive downturn in parts of the cryptoverse. 
And so we've already got, you know, a number of folks on our waiting list who are deep in crypto and they're dying for this because not only can they go into the safest DeFi platforms and earn stable, relatively stable return on stable coins, but we're, ma we're monitoring all those smart contracts for any weird anomalies. And you could say for those of Infinance doing a kind of an automatic stop loss system, if you will, where if we see anything strange, even in the middle of a hack, we can pull the money out and put it back into the account. So you can benefit from those really high interest rates with a whole system of monitoring. Now I'm getting a little technical there, but boy, that's a big feature for anyone who wants to even play with crypto on their balance sheet. But meantime, you've got traditional finance. There's no reason why your money shouldn't be able to dip in and out of treasuries, corporate bonds, muni bonds, et cetera, and ETFs at a very low risk and get much better interest than they'd ever get at a bank. Well, I love it that you were your own first customer. <laughs> yes. And still are. Yes. And still are. Yes. So thanks for providing that. And so you just sound like such an amazing leader. I'm of course curious, did you ever struggle? Yes, and I still do. I think at least for me personally, especially younger in my career, it was more of a crisis of confidence and you know personal confidence. And then I guess secondly, hiring people was really tough for me, hiring the right people. And it took me, it was the hard way learning how to do that and having a better system and not scrimping on employee assessments, not scrimping on taking the time to do the background and the due diligence on people that I was thinking about for my team and not really understanding the enormous impact of a wrong hire mm -hmm. and you know, that old sort of fire, fast, hire, slow. I had to learn the hard way. Like what was the aha moment for you as a leader where you're like, okay, this is costing the organization too much money and I have to do something. You know, what's interesting. I asked advice from the vice chairman of Fortune 10 company. I had the privilege of having lunch with him and I asked him, what's the biggest thing he learned? And it was a big aha moment for me. He said, you know, not letting go someone, no matter how much you care for them personally, when you absolutely know they're not going to win if you let them go around the track again. Conversely, you don't want to ask a fish to climb a tree. Are they really the right person for the job? Could that same person be great at doing something else? And I think that first of all, we need to really, you know, get real about, you know, assessing capability, but also could that same person be a fit somewhere else? I think also builds your culture in a way that, that makes it so that we're all looking at people and, and their, and what their value set is and seeing if there's another role for them. This also get back, gets back to maybe not hiring well. And that was one of my big aha moments when I saw that happen a couple of times, you know, when you see companies who say they have to fire people all the time, you know, how are you hiring them in the first place? Right. And so I realized, I was actually scrimping too much on assessments, not taking enough time doing the due diligence. And I just started doing one little thing. And if there's one tip for listeners that was so great, it's so simple. I did two things. One is I made sure that I asked previous employers who had, or people who worked with the potential candidate, the one magic question, would you hire them again? Mm -hmm. That is a question not asked enough. And you can read through the lines. It's a perfectly legal question. It's a yes or no. And sometimes you get a lot of color, yes. but do Doing both of those things together theoretically ought to absolutely limit the firing issue in the first place. So I'd say you cannot spend enough on figuring out if that person is, is the right person because the cost of not having the right person in a lot of roles these days is just simply enormous. So figuring out whatever the techniques are best for, for your own business and for the time and for that particular candidate is absolutely worth thinking through in detail. Beautiful. Well, I'm so grateful you shared those details because you are right. And a lot more entrepreneurs are popping up these days, so to speak. And the smaller the company, the costlier the mishire. So thank you for sharing that. Thanks. Really
I have an energy belief that almost all your strengths and all your weaknesses are reflected inside your organization. Mm -hmm. Just, you see it. It's from the top down. Your best strengths and your your most glaring weaknesses are reflected back to you in your business organization, which is a huge opportunity for personal growth. It's just, you have to grow fast, Mm -hmm. really. And and that's in yourself to be able to scale effectively, I believe. As we start to wrap up the show, you just teed it up for my last question, which is tip do you have for leaders when they face crisis? And given that you just said the way things go depends on your own strengths and weaknesses, how how have you managed through crisis or what tip do you have for others? Funny, I had somebody call me yesterday who's going through a crisis in their business. So this is perfect timing. And I asked her, what are you saying to yourself? And how, you know, talk to me about the business. And one of the terms she, since I'm not naming her name, one of the things she said, well, I'm just bleeding cash as an an affirmative. And I think the first thing you've got to do when you're going through crisis is literally listen to how you talk to yourself and to try and flip the script for yourself because ask any good football coach, right? There's a reason why coaches do so well with certain teams, even though they'll have the exact same players. And so you've got your player, you've got to change how you're coaching yourself. And that's how do you talk to yourself? And even if you're not believing or you're in, you're really incredible, like you can't see your way out. I first say, and this is such a simple thing thing, but it's true. I know there's the way out of this. I just don't know. There's someone out there who's already done this and I'm going to reach out and see if I can get help. It's back to asking for support. So I had a situation where I needed to sell a company. I had a business partner conflict early on and I wanted to get a return for investors. So I quickly reached out to the most creative people I knew who were also really great at finance. And I got the most phenomenal ideas and I was able to get a deal done in literally a fraction of the time that most people sell a company and avoid fees and everything else. It was sort of magical the way that happened. And the seas parted, but I started by saying, I know there's an easy way I'm going, you know, someone or I will figure it out. I'm going to be wide open to getting all the advice I need to make this happen. It's an affirmation. And that's how I started. And so if there's anything I can do to help your listeners think about that, either they are advisors for other companies or they're they're running their own show right now is to really put together a virtual board of directors that are people who aren't afraid to tell you your baby's ugly, that really can and, and make yourself hear it. Doesn't mean you'll always agree, but that you're getting a lot level of insight and advice for every level of growth. And I really wish someone had told me that 20 years ago. It took me a while to do it. And you know, your ego's in your business, right? That's your beautiful child. Don't tell me my child is has problems. And when you're looking for only the one thing and you're not open, you will miss opportunity in life and you'll miss opportunity in business. So you know, you'll focus on what you're thinking about, where mind goes, energy flows. So the first thing is adjust yourself and then allow, allow, allow the advice you need, the ideas that you need either through yourself or through others, and you will be guided. Well, and today we'll let we'll let you guide us through your idea and Lear's idea to start Poplar. And if they want to know more about your company, they can go to poplar.money. I'll put that in the description. Thank but you. I am so grateful that you chose to continue contributing to others and also through the podcast today, learned a lot about the importance of selecting and working with people and also grateful that you are as tech savvy as you are, that you could provide this new opportunity to us. Oh, Birgit. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share a few thoughts. And my big hope out of this podcast is if we did one thing to help one business person or or one advisor, that made my day. So thank you for the opportunity.